With your help trying to figure out whether the A's are coming here for three years before the move to Vegas, with your help trying to figure out how much we even want that? I got my A's shirt on here. This is when uh, the A's were actually on Channel 58. Yeah, I like and that. I was doing uh, Fright Night Theater on Channel 58 at the time, and they got the rights to the A's, and they told me, say, we're looking for an A's guy. And I was like, what? What you mean, looking? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They said, you you used to work with a guy. Do you have his number? And I said, I'll, I'll be your A's guy. Said, ah, we don't really want anybody who knows anything about baseball. What? Uh, yeah. And I said, this guy that you're talking to, I could tell you, not only does he not know anything about baseball, that's not opinion. He doesn't like sports. And I'm like, oh, well, we're looking for somebody, you know, doesn't really, you know, not really a, a baseball person. So at that point, you know, some some great advice came into my mind, uh, which is some of the best advice I've ever gotten, which is never argue with an idiot because they will drag you down to your level and then beat you with experience. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, good luck. So I could have been the A's guy, but they didn't want anybody who knew anything about baseball. I've never heard of that. <laughs> that They didn't want anyone, so they just wanted an entertainment guy. They wanted, like, person, I think, I because, say. like, somebody Not who wouldn't just speak to fans. You know, mm. it's somebody who didn't, you didn't have to be, they wanted someone, I think, who would relate to just anybody. Like, hey, sure. this is fun. You should watch. Not like, wow, did you see, you know, hey, how about Mark McGuire's slugging percentage? Sure. So I can, I can kind of understand. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the wild part is, is because it's happened, we know who that guy is. I would have to go back and really look into it and we'll have another conversation. Nah, he was a good guy. They okay. Were good. They were, I Solid. mean, they let me do Friday Night Theater for a long time, so. No, 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 no. So we're still whatever. talking about the A's part of this, though, not oh. just that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so you, His so name you're, was Rendon. You're a good guy think, because you no. moved on. Yeah. 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 He was a good guy, too. Okay. He actually got to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game at an A's game. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. So I would have been able to. Did he become an A's guy? No, oh, I don't know. Man, I don't even on. know if he's still in the business. Wow. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'll get that for you. It'd be interesting to see if anybody still remembers him. So we'll get back around to the to the A's in Oakland, a number of things that have been going on this weekend, apparently. I just want to touch on something real quick that I thought was, for Kings fans, a highlight of the All-Star weekend. And uh, Jay and I did not really watch the All-Star game. And, again, we're not going to go back down that road. If you did and you liked it, great. Uh, it's not real basketball to me, so I didn't watch, but I hope if you did that you liked it. But uh, Jokic was uh, interviewing. He's being interviewed Mm. by the media uh, over the All-Star weekend, and somebody asked him during his media availability, he was asked which player from the past would he love to have been teammates with. Interesting question for Nikola Jokic, maybe the best player in the world. His response was staggering. Jokic said, quote, I'm going to say Peja Stojakovic in today's game would be really good. He was an all-star even when he played, but I think today's NBA, he would be amazing. And that's so true. Peja was one of the great three-point shooters. But back when he played, they didn't shoot that many. For his time, he shot a lot, as we know, and he made a lot. But if he played today, Jay, Peja would be boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. He would be Curry-esque. I yes. don't think that's an overstatement. Oh, yeah. there's. I mean, and you know, not to just draw it away from Peja, but there's a bunch of guys, if they could do it now, you know, the Reggie Millers of the world, the Ray yep. Allens, who got uh-huh. part, you know, part of this era. But there's a bunch of guys, man, you know, um, that would be outstanding mm-hmm. <laughs> right now when it comes to being a three-point weapon. Peja was a cold boy. 
Pazier was cold, man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he was, you know, he played at a time where seven, eight three pointers a game were like, whoa, astronomical. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, right. Are you crazy? Yeah, and if you're shooting almost fifty percent in that, if you're able to hoist fifteen times and not even blink your eye, mm-hmm. and Pazier's hitting eight to tell, oh, man, he'd be a star. Mm-hmm. He would be a star. Do you remember Gilbert Arenas? Of course, he was another guy who had tremendous range. Yes. But- Back then, and he played, what, around 2010, around that time, maybe a little earlier. Yeah, a little earlier, maybe, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those shots that guys take now, if you took those shots, it'd be like, well, you're you're, you're coming out. We can't, yeah. we can't, you can't shoot that. No. You can't do that. Yeah. yeah. That was a heat check at that point in time. Right. If you're coming up, and I saw this, I want to say, who said it? It was Steph Curry is the best three-pointer three-point shooter in the game, in the world, but Dame Lillard has the longest range. And I can't Mm. remember who just said that over this past weekend, Um, but, yeah. I mean, Dame would be pulling up from anywhere. You know, we've seen some of these guys pull up just about anywhere. Just fantastic. Absolutely. There's no, you know, no doubt about Pedro will be a star. LeBron around 2008 or so, I think he was the first guy to shoot. I mean, not heave, but shoot a 30 to 35 footer. I remember you could watch him and go, Hmm, someday other players will be able to do that. And now it's pretty common. You know, guys don't just do that at the end of the half, as we know all too well. Uh, We've seen Steph, you know, too many times. Steph can shoot a 30 footer and it's a legitimate shot. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there are still guys that don't realize I got to guard them all the way out there. Mm, Absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at some of the the stars of today, the Dame Lillards, the Trey Trey Youngs, you know, there's some guys who can pull it up from just about anywhere. And you're looking around, Clay Thompson at a point in time, you know, like, man, Mm -hmm. where, you know, I loved growing up Mitch Richmond. You know, Mitch Richmond was one of my guys, and it felt like Mitch could shoot it from anywhere. But when you really go back and look at compared to where some of these guys are crossing half court and four steps in, yeah. you know, just past the paint, the logo, the half court logo, and they're pulling up, and it's like, oh, they can hit this. Mitch was, as I remember, toe on the line guy. Yes. Where yes. and he played in a couple of years. It's not his fault. This is the way it was. But in the mid '90s, where they actually moved the three point line in, in. for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, um, don't take away from my boy to rock. Well, I'm just I'm I'm not meaning to take away from him, legit Hall of Famer. But you're right, Mitch was not a guy who'd be shooting thirty foot. No, 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 absolutely no. He he was a uh, Mitch was a type of guy, and um, you know, friend of the show for me. And I, I've never heard him say this, or I don't think I've ever asked, or you know, I haven't spoken to anyone's close to him. But he was a game of inches guy. And just as you said, foot on, you know, toe on on the line, foot on the line. But he also was sneaky, quick, sneaky, tough, physical. Yeah, it's like he put the, you know, put that rotund mound in you a little bit, almost Wayman Tillsdale-like. But on the block, he put the shoulder on you a little bit. He'll weigh on you. You know, he, he was in great shape, but at the same time, he always seemed like he was a little bit thicker and bigger, solid than most two guards at the time. He just knew how to play ball. He found space. Yeah. The thing that I'm not sure he gets enough credit for around here, maybe I'm wrong, maybe he does, but he should get more credit for it, is that for that period there when he came here, he legitimized the Kings. They were a legitimate NBA team because, whoa, they got Mitch Richmond. Right. Yeah. yeah, and he was between that first team that made when they first got here, and then he was also between that and, of course, the great Weber teams. 
uh, who also made the Kings, you know, put the Kings in Sacramento on the map. But Mitch was like, man, that's a that is a legit NBA team. Right. They got freaking Mitch Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Man. The truth. The yeah. rock, baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, we found out this weekend who the new Hall of Fame nominees are going to be. And there's a former Sacramento King in there. Uh, other than International Committee, Contributors Committee, Women's Committee, here's a North American Committee. Well, the players, there's four players that are finalists here. We got Walter Davis. We got Chauncey Billups. We got Michael Cooper and former King, only one year with the Kings, but Vince Carter, who obviously is going to make it. Yeah, Vince would definitely be. Yeah. Vince Carter, who played longer than anybody else with 22 years. And people would say, what are you doing? You're ruining your averages. And he's like, I don't care. I want to play. Still want to play. That's so cool. Yeah, I just want to play ball. I just want to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Vince is a shoe-in. Yes, no question. Yeah, he's a shoe-in. Um, Michael Cooper's an interesting case because he's basically the guy that guarded Larry Bird in the finals. Yeah, and he's been up for a long time. He's kind of one of those guys who always is getting to the threshold but never can get in. Uh, I didn't – I mean, I, I'll – you know, I'll turn that over to you. I wasn't able to see Coop play uh, at his height because I was a youngster. And um, But I do know this. He's a good dude. He's a good guy. I've had an opportunity to work with him mm-hmm. um, when I was living in Los Angeles, and he was pulling at, at the time Time Warner. Um, and he's been a coach of many different women's teams, yes. college yes. teams. You know, he's been around for a while. Um, but as far as his play, I'm not sure. Is he a Hall of Famer to you? He was coming off the bench for one of the greatest teams of all time, and one of the reasons they were the, one of the greatest teams of all time is because when they played Boston in the finals, he had to guard Larry Bird. And you asked Larry Bird, he did a pretty good job. So, yeah, I'd say, yeah, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. He wasn't the individual superstar, you know. Right. I don't know if he ever came close to making an all-star team, but uh, Hall of Famer, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Chauncey Billups? Yeah. See, really? I think if I were in charge, I'd pretty much let anybody You're in. You're letting them all in, huh? I pretty much okay. would. All right. You're not putting Especially up a tough. Especially if they won anything. Yeah, you're not putting up a tough conversation. Not huh? at this point. I got you. Man, I think you're a little stained right now with basketball, man. Like I, I'm just saying, there's some underlining things there, Whitey. You might have to get off your chest about the NBA and basketball. Chauncey, right I'm not sure. I want to walk that one back. <laughs> I'll think about it, okay? Vince Carter, you're right. There's no question. Yes, Michael Cooper, I would put him in. Chauncey, I don't know. I mean, strong case. Very strong case. All right, when we come uh, right back here, the latest on the Sacramento A's and talk of how the A's – uh, maybe staying even in Oakland. Next with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. Question for you, Jay, on the chat here. JJ, what part of South Sac are you from? It's the Drive Guys here, Whitey Gleason, Jay Johnson. Jay's got a number of things going on here, so he's juggling uh, various duties. We've got the one and only uh, Kyle Draper. He'll be back with us tomorrow after his uh, trip to... Uh, Let's see. Cabo, right? So, Jay, how about it? Um, what part of South Sac are you from? Uh, Compia wants to know. What part of South Sac? Uh, I'm from Meadowview area. I grew up on uh, Tamashanner and Matson, right down the street from Mark Hopkins Elementary. I went to CM Gady Junior High, which is now Rosa Parks. And then I went to 3500 Florin Road, Luther Burbank High. Yes, nice. sir. But, uh, yeah, Meadowview area, Garden Block area, you know, however you want to call it. Yeah, uh-huh. that's where I'm from. And then how did you end up in – you were in Oakland for a while too, right? Uh, yeah, I went to school there. Okay. So after I left Texas, I wind up going to um, Hayward. Yes, Cal State, East Bay, Patton, all that stuff mm-hmm. out there. 
Now, isn't that called something else now? Is it's it like called East Bay. Cal State East Bay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How come here, before we get into the whole A's thing, or as we get into the A's thing, I know you're a baseball guy. Why is it that spring training has started, and really it doesn't seem like a lot of people care? Um, Is it always that way? Because it seems yeah, to me I there was so. a time not that long ago when we'd be more, pitchers and catchers, woohoo! Yeah. And I know baseball fans are excited. But it just seems like, for the most part, people just don't really care. Right yeah, now. I, I would say maybe like the last ten years or so, it's kind of dwindled down. I do think there's always, you know, the 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 hype of okay, as you said, pitchers and catchers are reporting. You know, the youngsters are reporting. But I think just baseball in itself, and you know, we had Seth Everett on last week, who kind of spoke to this man. Baseball is just in a time and a point where it's just super struggling. Like it is struggling right now, mm-hmm. and um, that goes. That's all around the sport. I know Otani, you know, has brought some excitement. Um, there, you know, there's a few different pieces that goes along with the. It, we know that the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees, you know, all these guys are spending money. That's always something to it. There's always a star. Bryce Harper kind of electrified baseball for a year or two. Trout definitely, you know, when he was kind of up and coming, which, man's a while ago now. Doesn't, yeah. Doesn't seem yeah. that way. But, I mean, Trout's been in the league for a good almost 12, 11, 12 years, something like that. I have to go and look. But there, it seems like there's always one or two things kind of exciting the game. Overall, I just think the love for it is is it's it's diminished, man. Yes, it really has, it is. and I think to, that's a long way of answering. Like you know, February All Star football just ended. We're kind of in the middle. You know, I think baseball is one of those things. As it goes on throughout the year, it it becomes more important to per, to people. Like early in the season, most people don't really care about baseball. Some people in baseball would tell you that they're on the right track now. I don't know about that. Attendance mm. last year was up. Yeah, I think it was up like nine percent. Yes, it they was. They changed up. the schedule so that um, you don't have to play like the Giants and Padres used to play like nineteen times a year, and then they shortened that so you have other teams coming in, so you get a chance to see everybody. Now everybody plays every other team. It didn't used to be that way. Right, that seems to be helping. And then the you know with the pitch clock and more stolen bases. One year it's too early to tell, but it does seem like there are reasons to be optimistic. I'm with you. I doubt that even the people that run baseball, and this is what Seth was telling us, Seth was telling us Friday, I don't even know if they think baseball is much of a yeah. future. What's a, which is <laughs> terrible, man. You know, and it starts right at the top. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, keep keep piling on the commission. Boy, I thought you loved Manfred. Yeah. That's your boy. Say it, I guess. But <laughs> he just does a terrible job in being – the commissioner of baseball, and that's the, you know that's the easiest way to put it. I could go fifty different reasons why he does a bad job, but it just seems like he doesn't care. Yeah, like, you know it's a job, and I understand that some people there's a job, and then we've heard this. You know, I'm pretty sure you've heard this. We've all heard. Find something you like to do, right? Not something that you have to do. <laughs> find something you like to do, and I think he really is just like, man, I'm collecting checks. Yeah. I'm just doing this because this is part of it. You know, I just so happen to get intertwined into that. But that makes a lot of sense. I don't see him. Do you ever see him smile, crack a joke, laugh? There's nothing to Rob Manford when it comes to baseball. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Yeah. He just doesn't understand baseball. He doesn't. He doesn't understand what it is that makes being a baseball fan special. Maybe maybe we're, you know, kind of a, a, a dying breed. Maybe we're uh, an endangered species, but still there's something kind of cool about it, but he has no idea what it is. 
Hmm. So anyway, uh, the uh, Oakland A's, we heard on Friday that the A's were probably moving to Sacramento. Sacramento was reported to be the front runner to get the A's in the three years after they leave Oakland before they go to Vegas. Then the next day there was a story that said um, the A's are focusing on staying in Oakland. That was a story that was in the Las Vegas Journal Review uh, by Mick Akers. Yeah. So the goofy thing here is you know that now obviously, well, we think it's two different sources, but the sources uh, for both stories are from the A's. Because, you know, Sacramento right now is like, we don't, we just talked to uh, Mike Testa. Sacramento didn't know anything. No. They don't have anything to report other than, boy, we would like to have him here. So they're not the one who's spinning these yarns. So the A's, it appears, are talking out of both sides of their mouths. What a surprise there. We don't know where it is. Scott Osler reported over the weekend in the Chronicle that Oakland is talking to the A's about and baseball about maybe we could get another team here if uh, we extend this lease. And then, according to the stories, um, Oakland, the city and the county, they're saying, well, the A's can't really grant that to us, so we'll have to talk to MLB. And then, you know, the, the story that Sacramento was a front runner would suggest those talks aren't going well, but there are other reports that the talks are going well. So I don't know. You know, the, the part, <laughs> it sounds very confusing. You know, the other part, too, to this, and I hadn't really thought too much about this because, you know, you think about it as, look, the league can do what they want, but expansion. Baseball's not in any position there you go. Great point. to expand anything. Right. And Seth had said that, and I hadn't thought about I that. I hadn't either, yeah. Whitey is – like baseball point. is almost on like contraction. They might need to be bringing a few teams down to the point of, you know, to make it make sense of, of the A's, of the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, like teams like that where it, it seems like there's a struggle every single year to get people in to not only to the stadium, but even a, to, to have a payroll. The Royals were in at that point in time. You know, it's funny. Seth was talking about. He said the Rays and the A's were two of the teams that were on, you know, X marks the spot as being one of the teams that they needed to figure out when it came to stadiums and just payroll and overall just pure ownership. Things needed to change. But the Royals were at that point in time. And there's still a couple other teams throughout the league where it's like, eh, you know, I mean, the Reds, the Reds had struggled for a while post, you know, their success in the early 90s. And, you know, we heard about the ownership and, we know they have, you know, different ownership at the point at this point, but um, it, it's kind of one of those things where we've seen different organizations throughout time over the last thirty years, I should say, that have struggled to get an arena. We hear Arizona now, which is like I don't even, you know, what's crazy, Whitey, and I, as I ramble about baseball right now, it feels like Arizona is new, but they've been around since the mid nineties. Late, yeah, yeah, 98 or so. Seven, yeah. I think, yeah, seven, eight, something like that. But it's almost like, okay, you guys do need a new arena. I mm-hmm. get it. I understand, you know, and not that it's an urgent need, but I can understand why now you're starting to plan and look three, four, five years in advance of needing a new arena. It just feels like Arizona's ballpark is still new, you know, with the pool out there in right field. But when you do some research, they're looking for something new. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Atlanta, it seems like they've had like four new stadiums in the last eight years. Tell me about I, it. I know they haven't. Yeah. And our new boss is a Braves fan, so I got to be careful. But doesn't it seem like they get a new stadium every couple of years? Have you heard of the AASEG? Uh, that would be no. 
African American Sports and Entertainment Group. They're in Oakland. Okay. They have major plans for development at the Coliseum site. Yes. AASEG has offered Fisher at least $115 million uh, for his stake in the site. And so he could, you know, if he agrees to that, he could use that money for whatever he wants it with. And it sounds like the AASEG, they want to have a team in Oakland. They're just, there are a lot of things, moving parts, but a number of them seem to suggest that Oakland still has a shot at keeping a team yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, I, I, again, Whitey, I sit here and I battle. If you were to take the A's out of law, out of Oakland, take them to Las Vegas, they keep the name, and then you create another team in Oakland. It's like, oh, it's almost Houston Texan-like, mm-hmm. right? You know, and the, the Oilers didn't keep the name. They changed the name, obviously, to the Tennessee Titans, but it's almost like that. Or it's like, oh, you know, the Cleveland Browns, which we saw, you know, turn into the Browns again. Mm-hmm. But they kept the name compared to a different name. And so I don't know, man, because technically I'm not from Oakland. I'm Sacramento. But that's the closest team that I, you know, well, one of the closest teams. And I believe Oakland is, you know, uh, by by mileage-wise closer than San Francisco, right? So uh, it is the closest team to Sacramento. But – I'm not sure if I would be on board for that. Well, I think what we have to hope for is that Fisher finally gets um there's just uh, he gets an offer he can't refuse and he sells the team and the A's just stay in Oakland. I still haven't given up on that. I like that. And the Las Vegas thing, you know, it's it's an embarrassment. It, there doesn't appear to be much of a path for it to succeed. So Baseball, if they fall over backward, you know, ham-handedly, they just end up, hey, we got Tampa Bay right there getting a stadium, and look at Oakland. The A's are staying, and everything's great. That'd be fine. I still haven't given up on that. As far as our involvement, and uh, I still don't even know if I want the A's here. I would go for three years, but it's awkward. It feels weird. I still want the A's to stay in Oakland, and it looks like there's actually a chance of that happening. Of course. Anytime John Fisher's in the lead of anything, you still have an opportunity because concrete details aren't put in the concrete. Like, there are no no factuals. There are maybes, a lot of potential things that can happen, but until it's really said all and done, you know, at this point, we've seen, as you said, we may be being leveraged. The city of yeah, Sacramento could so. be being leveraged, you know, to get something sweet out or sweeter out the pot in Oakland for the for John Fisher and his organization. Did you happen to see Jeff Passan? He was on ESPN on Friday it was when we were doing our show. Okay, and he would, they were doing this story about what's going on with the A's in Vegas and maybe Sacramento. And uh, Tony Kornheiser asked him, "Hey, I, I thought this uh, thing to Vegas was a done deal." Jeff Passon started laughing. We'll have to find I, the audio. I think I did yeah, see he's that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody would be surprised <laughs> if this whole thing falls apart. Nobody. Man. I certainly would not be. When we come back, Brendan Nunes, our Kings insider. Kings in good shape, fair shape, bad shape in the West right now. Brendan breaks that down for us next. Yes, in our SacktownSports.com Kings Insider. He'll be joining us in just a moment. Drive Guys here. It's Whitey and it's Jay today. Thanks for all the participation. We appreciate you uh, being with us uh, as we get ready for the second half of the season eventually. Is Brendan ready to go? Yeah, here he is, our Kings Insider. Brendan Nunes, how are you, Brendan? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I have a tough question for you to start with. Which would you rather? Would you rather watch the NBA All-Star game or watch someone clean out your garage? Go. 
Well, I mean, do I have to watch the garage cleaning? Yeah, you have to watch it. I guess that's how I feel about both. <laughs> I'm going to go garage cleaning because it seems like something's being accomplished then. Exactly. You know? Yes. That's my answer as well. And I don't begrudge anyone who likes the All-Star game. Just at this point, Brendan, don't mean to speak for you, but I just feel like I just don't have time for that because it's just nonsense. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, fellas, maybe this isn't great, but I kind of more so tried to enjoy my break, you know, checked in a little bit on the festivities and for the most part was disappointed in the way that I expected and just tried not to take too much out of it right. or, or I guess be too frustrated because I do understand why it's gotten to this point, but it's, uh, it's probably a little too far, obviously. Yeah, there's no fixing it, right? I mean, I know there's a lot of people that have a lot of hand-wringing and air-pulling. How do we fix it? I, I don't think you do. Like the Pro Bowl, they never fixed it for all the haranguing about how bad it was, and then they eventually just had to morph it into a game of grab-ass. I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, I mean, they might need to do the same. You know, I think if we got, for example, a one-on-one tournament, with all the all-stars that made it. Ah. I think that'd be a great thing to watch or or maybe break it down until we get a tournament of ones, twos, and threes or something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it does need to go the Pro Bowl route if you got to get a little creative and make this look different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I hear you correctly, Brendan, you watched. Yes. Did you watch Friday, no, Saturday, and that. Sunday? or Say that again? Did you watch all weekend, Friday, Saturday, and I Sunday? Did. Ooh, I did. You were tuned in. Wait, you watched Friday? Oh, so you watched... Celebrity game and did right. You, did you watch? You watch the celebrity game? I, a little bit, you know. I was getting some food on my vacation right. and and had them change the channel. It gotcha. was on some nothing, you know. Uh huh. Okay. All right. I got you. What 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 was the part? Because I, I think what we're trying to underline. I mean, excuse me. We're trying to get to Whitey's underlining <laughs> issues with NBA right now. Just not a, let alone All Star Game, but even basketball. Because he he even threw a hissy fit about Chauncey Billups and the Hall of Fame and all that type of stuff. What what <laughs> did like? What are you not happy with when it comes to the All Star Game or festivities? Yeah, I mean, probably just even the entertainment aspect. You know, like. They're, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not even, like, enjoying myself. Like, some of these dame shots are cool. For example, you see guys pull up from, from deep and things like that. But just pretend to try a little bit defensively. Like, I know we don't want anybody getting hurt. Guys prefer to, to have a break during this time. But it's just kind of a lack of effort, you know, to the point where even, say, I'm watching with my 8-year-old little brother, and he knows these guys are not trying. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just almost too obvious. I, I get why that's the point, but I feel like it, it just, there's no entertainment in it. And I thought the Elam ending produced a good game. I think that also had to do with the obviously like kind of tragic passing of Kobe. I think ed, added to the motivation of that specific game that was a good outcome. But for me, it, it's just got to be that there's not even an entertainment aspect. Really, for me, I, I, honestly, if I didn't cover basketball for work, I don't know that I would have cared at all. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And again, I'm not angry about it or upset. I just feel like, hello, that's what it is all the time now. So if you watch it, you know, that's what you're going to get. As far as the Kings go, Brendan, Brendan Nunes is our Sacktown Sports uh, Kings insider. Kings right now, good shape, fair shape, or bad shape in the West right now, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, probably fair. 
I guess is where I would go there. It's somewhere in the middle of good and bad. I, I mean, I think there needs to be a sense of urgency, though, obviously, that you want to stay out of the play-in. I think that's going to be the whole conversation really here post-All-Star break. And this team's going to go as far as their core trio, or if you want to call it a quartet and throw Malik Monk in there as well, they're going to go as far as these guys really take them. And that's not to say some of these other guys can't have an impact, but I really think that De'Aaron Fox is the one that stands out to me in the second half. You know, we saw him be a little bit up and down as we got closer and closer to all-star break there after a super hot start to the season. And I think that they just need him to be more consistent if they're going to stay in this top six, like is going to be so important, but I, I think they're in a solid spot to do so. You know, they have beaten a lot of good teams and so while you can look at strength of schedule and, oh, they're top five, this is going to be tough, the other way you can look at it is this is a good opportunity to get a chance to prove yourself. And I think that they've played quality teams at a good enough level and won enough of those that I feel okay going into some of these high-caliber games. Brendan, at this point in time, looking ahead of, I want to say the second half, but the last 20 or so odd games on the push at post-All-Star break here, what would be – I guess, and give me both, I would say, what would be the ideal situation for the Kings and what would be like, oh, my goodness, beside making a play-in, but like a team or if someone was to get hurt, what would you not want to see? Yeah, I mean, I think that you could put both of those around De'Aaron, like I was just saying, but really if you need consistency, again, from Fox and Sabonis. And, I mean, Murray and Monk in there as well, but primarily Fox and Sabonis. And I think that if you saw De'Aaron come out and have that look, you know, I, I feel like you can tell pretty early on in games, okay, is is he really feeling it tonight? And if he can consistently maintain that, I think even just for this next handful of stretch of games, and he's going to have his nights, obviously, where shots don't fall and things like that. But I, I'd like to see him get back to his mid-range a little bit more. I, I like how many threes he's getting up, but I think that, it's just part of the process of him becoming a good shooter is also, okay, well, when is the best time to exactly take those shots? So I, I don't really fault him for that necessarily, but I do think it could get a little bit better here. But for me, it, it really all revolves around what are Fox and Sabonis going to be able to do. So on the good end, we'll go if, if De'Aaron can kind of have that, that spark throughout most of these final 28 games we got. And on the bad end, I mean, there's a handful of injuries they, that could be tough, but I also think that if they, they kind of need to figure out the rotation a little bit here. You know, after Malik Monk, Trey Lyles off the bench, it's like, okay, who can you can consistently rely on? I, I think Alex Len is that answer at the backup center, and, and Davion's made progress at the backup one, but there's questions there. Is Chris Duarte going to be part of this? Is Sasha Vizenkov going to get some run and, and maybe carry be able to carry that over into the postseason once he gets healthy. So I, I think figuring out the bench and some consistency a bit in that rotation could be pretty big. You know, after games, uh, I'll go in sometimes and, and hear the players talk and hear coach talk, and I sit behind Brendan when I do so typically. And he's, you know, he's pretty – uh, pretty low key, and Coach Brown and he have a good relationship. So, Brendan, I was shocked to read your scathing uh, story <laughs> at Sacktown Sports about what you were just talking about. How Mike Brown needs to get this backup center situation squared away. Why do you? Why are you uh, after Coach on this? What I'm kidding a little <laughs> bit, but <laughs> but why? Why do you think Alex Lynn is the guy who really needs to be playing a lot more? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just don't really know what. It comes down to the options, right? It's him versus JaVale McGee or, or maybe Trey Lyles, if you want to throw that in there. 
And I just don't think there's much that JaVale does better than Alex in, in my mind. Like, there's the lob threat for Malik that has been good throughout times this year, right? But even in a pick-and-roll game, I think that Alex sets better screens, is better with dribble handoffs, and still can be a role threat who just gets his guards a little bit more open. There's still a pick-and-roll chemistry between Malik and, and Alex Len, and I think defensively, Alex's physicality is better there. But for me, in that backup spot, it's really, I just, outside of the lob threat, which goes in that pick-and-roll game, and I think Alex just does other things different or goes about it in a different way, I just don't know what JaVale really does better. And it's good to have the optionality, but I would really lean towards Alex. I'm just afraid one of these uh, after one of these games, you're going to start screaming at Coach, <laughs> why isn't Alex Lynn playing? And we're going to have to grab me and Alan and Chris. I'll have to grab you and pull you <laughs> back. I know you feel very strongly about this, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the numbers, and it's like Alex Lynn is first in defensive rating. When they're when he's on the floor, that's the Kings' best defensive rating, second in net rating, and you know it's it's small sample sizes, and so take that for what you will. But I, I thought that a similar thing happened last season. It's that Mike Brown was really searching for that backup five spot, and it didn't felt like Alex was getting as much opportunity as maybe some of these other guys. Like I, I feel like Namias Cato was getting some some burn a little bit before Alex was, and. I just think that he's good. I, I think that he's a solid backup five and that getting some consistency there for those guys in the second unit is important. But I do also understand that Mike Brown has used, said one of the biggest things he's learned from Steve Kerr is the importance of or the value that you can get in every once in a while, I'm just going to throw some of these other guys in there as well. It keeps them more engaged, not only in practices, but in their individual workouts thinking, all right, I never know when I'm going to get some burn. I better make sure that I'm ready. And I get the value in that. I just think as the season winds down that, you know, settling into something could be pretty mm-hmm. beneficial. Joined by Brendan Nunez, our SAC Kings Sports 1140 and he's Insider. And wow, yeah, he's he furious I today. See it, man. You, between you and Whitey and Brendan today, I don't even know where to go. <laughs> Brendan, I'll leave, it with, I'll leave it at this. Prognosticate for me where you think these Kings end up now that we get ready to start the second half of the All-Star break. I think they're going to stay out of the play-in, fellas. I, I, wow. I do think that – I know I said De'Aaron's probably my big X factor. I, I think he's going to be good. I think that we're going to see closer to – First portion of the season, De'Aaron Fox. I, I hope that this break, and we got to practice later tonight about five o'clock. Uh, you know, I think typically a post All Star break is a is a PM practice for the first one back. So we'll see how De'Aaron uh, got to enjoy his break a bit. But between a shoulder issue and lingering ankle things from years ago, or things that happened this year, um, I think he just kind of had a lot that he was dealing with. And if he can ball out in the way that I'm expecting, I, I think that this Kings team can compete with a lot of these other ones that are going to kind of be in that five to eight range with them. And I feel pretty good about this is where, you know, maybe the continuity will help you a little bit. This group knows each other well, and I thought they were rolling right before the break, even though there were some tough losses in there. All right, Brendan. And by the way, how are you health-wise now that you've had your break? Are you 100% are you ready to go? I'm doing all right. You know, it was a Vegas break for me there for a volleyball trip Oh, my little sister. But, you know, made sure to enjoy Vegas a little bit. So it might take me a day or two to get fully (laughs) back on track here. But I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, We'll see you Thursday night. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon.
Thanks, guys. All right. When we come back, Kenny Smith, former Sacramento King, answering the withering criticism that's come his way as a result of his uh, Steph versus Sabrina comments. Next with The Drive, guys, on Sackdown Sports. We are here, above all else, to alleviate confusion. We have some confusion on the YouTube chat here over Brendan and Frankie. Uh, there's some discussion on the chat over, hey, which one was that again? And people are getting them confused, Jay. And I, I didn't think they sounded that alike. No. Brendan and Frankie? No, yeah. they sound different. Yeah. Yeah. Which one should be more insulted by someone saying, oh, I think they sound alike? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Man, you, you, I see where you're at today, brother. You, you, testy. Yeah. Frankie says, Manny, too legit. And then Compio says, Nunes is correct. And Manny says, wait, that was Brendan. Uh, and Manny says, they, they almost sounded the same. So I don't yeah. know. That's it's just it. that I think what it is is they both give you just high quality King's information. With yeah. that same kind of boyish charm and enthusiasm. <laughs> That's what it is. That's where you're coming with yeah. it. Yeah. Huh? Okay. And those guys work hard. You know, Brendan was saying, oh, took a, took a little break. Those guys work hard. Yeah, they cover the Kings like nobody else, man. Yeah. Shouts out to them guys. Certainly man. they cover the Kings unlike Carmichael Dave, who takes an all-star break. Why? What is? Why does he need an all-star break? Well, Brendan said he took one, too. I know, but okay. Brendan covers the team. Oh, okay. Carmichael Dave is like, he's in bed, isn't he? What is he? Why does he need an all-star break? Yeah, well, I guess he just tied to the association that deep <laughs> that he has to take one. Where is he at? Oh, New York. He's in New York. Oh, is he? Yeah, I think I've saw him uh, a few times post via Twitter or X. All right, however yeah, you want to call some it. Some kind of pizza that would make sense. I was like, what is this a pizza? I guess yeah, was, I think he's in NY. Yeah, that makes sense. That would make sense. Okay, um, and we have some solutions for fixing the All Star Game, but you know what? It's fine. I just there's no fixing it, and we just have to deal with it. To you, fine. Whitey. To you. There may be a resolution no. out there. No, it's uh, it can't be fixed like the football one. And that's fine. <laughs> we just need to move on to other things. Uh, this is from Dwayne. Four six-man teams that played a 40 points. Top East and West front court and top East and West back court. Vote getters or captains. Two rounds of games. Uh, that's too much. I, yeah, yeah there you yeah, go. That might be a better idea, but I, yeah, it's already too complicated yeah, for it me. Is. It's too much for an all-star. <laughs> this is when you, you know... You let your mind go at ease, uh-huh. and you just go out there and lollygag, and I think that's what they're doing, and a lot of people don't tend to like it. You know, I think there is an opportunity to get hurt, and that's why you don't see a lot of guys putting forth the effort. You know, there's a lot of money on the table, a lot of endorsement money on the table, a lot of contractual money on the table, and you don't see some of the guys putting, I guess, yeah. the effort is what most people are complaining about. Yeah, and you could say, well, we'll give you X amount of money if you win the All-Star game. And for most players, you know, these are all-stars, so they're right. already doing pretty well. And so a guy might say, huh, I can make X amount by winning, but if I get hurt, I'm going to lose on my next deal many more times yes. over that amount. Right. So, yeah. And that's just the way it is. It's fine. There's no reason to bellyache about it or, you know, go get on the soapbox like Kendrick Perkins and complain about what a disgrace it is. We just have to deal with the reality of it. Very true. Kenny Smith has to deal with this reality. A lot of people were upset by some of the things he said during the Steph-Sabrina shootout. Uh, and what happened basically is that Kenny said that Sabrina should be shooting uh, from a shorter distance. And a lot of people took that the wrong way. And Kenny Smith, on with Stephen A. yesterday, says, yeah, people misunderstood me. Yeah, I think it's much to do about nothing, Stephen, uh, honestly. Most people who know basketball understood what I was talking about. 
Actually, I was advocating for her more than anything else because basketball is all is muscle memory. Right. So he practices from one range. She practiced from the other. There's even a study, I think, with somebody throwing darts, the guy with those darts. Okay. And if you move him out one step, his accuracy changes dramatically. But the funny thing about it, if you move him in one step, his accuracy changes because you take so many shots from the exact same thing. So I'm like, why is he getting the, the advantage to shoot at his line? But the second part, Reggie like was joking around about, oh, so she could play with dolls. Because there was a comment, I think, that Sabrina, when she was younger, right. that someone said, you should play dolls and stop. So I have daughters. So my thought, when I first heard that, I was like, what's wrong with that? You mm. should play with dolls and you could do sports. So I actually said it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's much to do about nothing. Yeah. So uh, he was trying to, he was trying to have her back. And then, you know, all he needed to do was when someone said, she wants to shoot from the same distance. He should have said, wow, that's really admirable. That should have been the end of it. But I do believe him that he actually was trying in a way to defend her. But it came across as if he was saying, yeah. you know, she's a girl, she should be shorter, blah, blah, blah. I think part Short of it is, is their job is to be entertaining, you know, and that's kind of what you've been talking about all day in another form or fashion that the NBA All-Star and the NBA All-Star weekend festivities are entertaining. And I think this is an opportunity for – Guys like Kenny Smith, Reggie Miller, Charles Barkley, Draymond, you know, uh, Taylor Rooks, people like that to to kind of show a little more personality than they normally do. Mm-hmm. And that's tough to say when you're talking like Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and stuff like that. But I think during the weekend, you know, All-Star weekend, you always see these guys get a little more loose. You know, and sometimes you have to be careful how you say it, not what you say. It's basically yeah. the form of how you say it. And yeah. I think that's kind of what he's saying. Uh, and I think that's what he's alluding to. But I mean, hey, you know, that's part of this. It's yeah. part of doing this job. Yeah, but I, I believe him. I know I there was a lot, there was a lot of smart people that were really offended by what he said, which I understand. I don't think he meant it the way it came across. But you know, is if you're in broadcasting, sometimes you find out. It's yes. like, it doesn't matter what you meant. Sometimes mm-hmm. if people take it the wrong way, that's basically what you said. Yeah. So hopefully it it, it, it blows over, but I, it is unfortunate because I do think he was trying to, in a way, um, defend her. Yeah, and and let me say this also too, Whitey, and you know this better than I do because you've had the opportunity to be in this business longer than I have, but um, you know, my 14, 15, whatever years in this, it has changed in that short period of time, if that's considered a short period of time to be at a job, but it has definitely changed of what you can do and what you can say when I first got into the business compared to now. <laughs> yeah. A whole I'm lot. Right. That. And yeah. so, um, and in many ways for the better, because there were a I lot agree. of things that, I you know, agree. as one of the things working in sports station was, it was a locker room, you know, you could, it was, it was treated as a locker room and, you know, there was some You're things, right. some pitfalls and downfalls that needed to be, mm-hmm. you know, changed. And there comes a point in time in everyone's, you know, when you do this as a profession, that something you say is going to be taken out of out of context. It really is. And the fact that he's able to come back the next day or t- two days or whatever and have a conversation and specify what he was saying, I, I give Stephen A. some love on that. I give Kenny for coming on there. And I haven't seen anything from Sabrina personally. I don't know if you have. But no. I think she did Good a point. great job in, in, in her camp and her team in allowing this to play out completely before, you know, she jumped all on it. 
And yeah, she didn't so have to say anything because she, she did yeah. with the way she shot the ball. Absolutely. That said everything. Absolutely. And yeah. so I just say that to say sometimes things are taken out of context. And uh, I'm glad that everybody seemed to kind of have an understanding like, okay, let's get a, a better understanding of what's uh-huh. going on. She was great. He was great. And you wanted him to win and good for you. Yeah, I did. You know, I'm, and I don't, I'm not pulling any punches. I wanted her. <laughs> I wanted him to dominate. Absolutely. And you can blame me all you want. It has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted Steph to go out there and showcase his talents. Yeah. I and I'm a fan of Steph. I really, really enjoy Steph. Mm-hmm. I, it's I dangerous really like around him. these parts, you I know. Mean, it is. What I'm a big boy. I could take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, how about this? Go win. I mean, it, it really boils down to that. Yeah. Right. I didn't say I'm I'm rooting for it. I'm just saying I like Steph Curry. Yeah. That was a highlight of the weekend. I don't think it was even close. No, not even close. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back. Uh, Jay and I are, well, I don't know if we're at each other's throats, but it may come to that over Brandon Ayuk Uh-oh. and his 49er future next year with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports.